Town. We're here. I'm here. I think they can hear us. We'll see. I think so. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Writer Brothers. I am most definitely not your host, but PD York is. Yeah. <laughs> Along Apologies. With Apologies, as always, for the fun technical difficulties that we love to get started with every night. Uh, unfortunately, I had all the time in the world to do sound checks, and I totally forgot to double check which outputs were selected because the OBS system I'm like using just likes to make their make its own up for some reason when I don't plug it in right away. So, oh well, we'll try again next week, like we do every week. We'll get it. I just need to keep remembering. I, I need a list of like, okay, check this, check that, check this, check that, check that. So, but anyway, we're not here to complain about technical problems. We are here, of course, to discuss the Prey movie and Terminal List. Uh, but real quick, guys, how you doing tonight? How you feeling about tonight's show? I'm doing good. I'm uh, ready to rock. Nominal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and just uh, dive right in then. Uh, Prey is the latest uh, controversial craze on Twitter these days, um, and of course elsewhere and other uh, social media communication platforms, where people can't seem to decide if it's the greatest Predator movie ever or if it's the worst Predator movie ever. I will say that as somebody who has not seen the original Predator, I felt that as an action movie, it was fine. It was I didn't hate it. Uh, but it's definitely far from perfect. Uh, what about you, Corian? What are your initial thoughts, real quick? Um. Okay, so I think it is a perfectly acceptable movie, but I have issues with calling it a Predator movie. Um, I feel like the best things about a Predator movie were in mod. We even with modern day tech, the Predator so outclassed on a technological level alone everything he was fighting that putting them farther back in time just makes it even more of a cakewalk so it to me it would be the equivalent of fighting a a modern professional soldier um basically with just a stick there's no way you're going to get close enough to this guy to use said stick Especially if he's got, like, ISR and everything else in play. There, there's just... It's not going to happen, right? So putting it in a, a, you know, 300 years in the past just makes that technological gap even further. One of the other pieces that makes it very important part of a Predator movie, every single one of the Predator movies, somebody makes the comment about how it is the hottest it has been since forever, Okay. Because the Predators only show up when the climate is incredibly, incredibly hot. Initially, when they show up in the jungle, it's the hottest week that this jungle has seen in a very long time. When they show up in L.A., it's super hot in L.A. And then the third movie, they take them to what the equivalent is a planet that's a game preserve. And even on that planet, they mention how much hotter it is than Earth when they're trying to figure out whether they're still on Earth or not. They make no mention of that in this movie. So, with that in mind, I have a hard time calling it a Predator movie. Um, the tech looked a lot more primitive. They're even calling this guy the Primitive Predator. Which, I don't know, I have issues with. Um, I have no idea why the dude was not walking around with a plasma, uh, the plasma cannon, which is like the signature Predator weapon. Um, 
I feel like him firing, you know, a, a ferromagnetic slug, um, which is, but the only thing I can explain that weapon as seems kind of more advanced than the plasma weapon in a lot of ways because it homes in on targets. So I'm not sure what this movie is trying to be, whether it's trying to be this um, showing us a more advanced predator or a less advanced predator, but it just doesn't follow the timeline well of the other predator movies. So it would be a good fan fiction side story. Uh, I have some issues with the character development and the whole story arc, but action wise looked cool. Yeah. And we'll touch on that when we get to what we did like about the movie uh, or John might try to segue us into that now. Cause I know you've been sitting there eagerly ready to respond to Corion, And I actually have a response too, even though I, I, I'm coming from a different perspective, though. So, John, why don't you yeah. go ahead and, and let's let's engage in some respectful fire discourse. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I love the movie. Um, I was actually watching it the day it came out while Parker and I were doing Casual Filth uh, a couple weeks ago. And I, like, I was talking to Parker the whole time. I was like, this is exactly what a Predator movie is always supposed to have been. Um, and... I don't remember the heat thing being that important, so I can't really comment on that part. But as for like the technology, as for the the predator himself being different in terms of like his uh, his approach, that to me is is the difference between the evolution of predators and the evolution of humans. Like humans, we we. we it took us until the 1800s to discover that evolution may or may not be real and until 2022 we're still debating on whether or not it's actually occurring whereas the predators are a species that realized evolution is a hundred percent a thing that matters and have been doing everything they can to become the alpha of alphas the most apex predator of all time and i think what we got was a taste of a semi-apex predator comparatively to humans predators are probably apex in their birth um which we've never seen which i still love i love the fact that we have no idea what the predator homeworld looks like i love that we have no idea the true nature of the predators uh, and i and i like that this movie didn't try to tell it that to us it didn't try to give us that uh it, the primitive nature of the movie relates to the nature of the united states and that I think is really fun. But as for like the the weapons versus like plasma and stuff, the, the thing that the Predators movie, the, the one before this one, really highlighted was that it wasn't just humans in the nature preserve. Like they were bringing oh, no. every single race they could find at the same time. And so the difference where I see with the plasma weapons is I feel like Obviously, they didn't get that from us. They had to get it from someone else. And theoretically, they just hadn't done it by 1700s American time. Or while this guy was here in 1700s America, another predator was somewhere else finding that. So, so here's where I can I can argue that point to you. Because Alien versus Predator, we know the plasma cannons were at least as old, if not older, than the pyramids in South America. Mm. Because they gr- because they the grabbed one, one from there. Yeah. Yeah. So 
But then that also goes back to the Predators movie with the debate on the two factions. There's the Alpha Predators, and then there's every other Predator, and every other Predator is also on the game preserve. That, that's the, the Predator that gets on the ship and blows himself up in that movie was one of the non-alpha predators while the predators that were hunting the people were the alpha predators and mm -hmm. that that could explain it as well not to mention like we haven't seen them totally used faster than light travel so it could have been that he left with what he had and landed on earth and by the time he gets home he finds new stuff and then on top of that like this is my favorite thing about time dilation and space travel like one guy could leave with all primitive tech get there and find out that like his ancestors were there first with better tech it's kind of like the whole ancient aliens debate like how long have humans had electricity right, but, but now we have to start getting into the debate of like a backstory that could have easily been fixed by just staying more true to the original story. But doesn't that make the story seem more realistic? Because, it really like, doesn't to me. Well, right, that's the between Chinese vessels and American so, uh, vessels, like ship seafaring vessels. Chinese, yeah. the largest seafaring vessels in the universe, as far as we knew. And the Chinese didn't take America, the Americans did. So, like, tech isn't exactly the answer so i yeah i'll go ahead and, and just give my response to to both you sort of and and then i'm gonna list off the things that i felt were problematic with this with this movie um so Coriota and yes i i kind of am in and with john on this one a little bit because when i read i watched the drinkers review which you know was spoiler central oh well uh, although it's not like there's much to spoil the plot's pretty simple creature shows up people attack yeah, creature sure. the end um <laughs> that's a super basic summary so what I, I when he when he said about the whole with it being 300 years in the past and the predator getting itself stupidly killed i was like well yeah that's probably how the other predators learned to advance their technology and their tactics was because this this savage warrior was able to outsmart them even though they do have some advanced tech just not as advanced as what we see supposedly in the first movie and 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 of course an avp the only predator movie i've ever actually watched all the way through i know uh shoot me um that's not an if i had a plasma cannon yeah that's friend. not an invitation uh, so what i did you know so with it being 300 years before the first film that's that's a predator that's 300 years behind on understanding humans and the fact that it's dealing with one of the most savage uh, groups of people when it came to the battlefield it, it it makes a lot of it did make sense now somebody did point out to me at work today that the oh, wait, french traders huh? hold up I, I think it is important to note that when you say savage you're not being derogatory you're talking about oh, their no, overall no, physical uh, prowess when, when they were ability. oh when they were on the battlefield they were they were animals, but were that's most anybody. That's well, that's what Arnold becomes in the Predator movie. He becomes an animal to defeat the well, animal. I so, mean, the Comanche themselves were the Spartans of yeah. the United States. They anyway, were the most feared. Fan mail from Maria with T and Telly. You guys are the best. And yes, when when we say savage, we don't mean by the derogatory term. You're right. It, it is like no, we literally mean the the very base. Uh, uh, 
aggression. Yeah, exactly. Violence. Like, no, you're you're down to like primitive. Like, okay, first of all, they're a very basic. So, one of Drinker's complaints was the fact that the Comanche were, you know, there's no character development. Okay, the Comanche were a very simple people, like most tribes, and that's not a bad thing either. That's that's perfectly fine. It's actually great. I personally strive to live a simple life, and if I could live one like the Comanche, where I hunt and gather and then eat and sleep. That doesn't sound with your friends and family. With your friends and family all the time, every day. Ah, that sounds fine to me. So that's not a bad thing at all. Um, yeah, but well, there's a great line I think that sums up humanity when dealing with predators and what you kind of have to become in order to beat them. And it's Quark observes that you know humans are great, wonderful people so long as they have their creature comforts. But when you Little, take away uh, their creature, when you take away their creature comforts, starve them and run them for days, they turn yep. into the most savage and bloodthirsty Klingons. We uh, and oh, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> a little little teaser discussion there. Starting in September, first Tuesday in September, we will actually begin our Star Trek Deep Space Nine watch through. We talked about it internally. We decided, uh, even though other people are doing it, guess what? We're jumping on the bandwagon. But also, I haven't watched Deep Space Nine. I think since twenty. 2013 no 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 i want to say 15 or 16 was probably the most recent time i watched it through with with yeah with my wife and it's so i'm i'm due for a new watch through anyway john you just finished next gen and corion just loved ds9 so it made logical sense so yes starting in september we are doing our deep space nine community watch through and review we will have schedule posted on what episodes we're doing which week because here's how we're also going to do it we're going to try and burn through the first couple of seasons. There's a couple of episodes that we'll make time for, but a lot of it's a pretty rough slog, so yes. it's going to be summary for, for the first couple seasons. And once we hit season three, it'll probably be about one to two episodes a week. But all right, back to the predator, or excuse me, the prey. Um, I did, uh, I, I did, it made sense. And he didn't have any armor, so it, he wore a dumbed-down version of the plasma cannon that used projectiles. It, it, the technology did make sense, I think. Now, what bothered me, here's the two big standouts that, that I have a hard time getting with. The first one's not as big of a deal. Um, it's the fact that she was able to take on... Now, her scuffle with the other male warrior of the tribe, I could see him holding back. Okay, she knows his brother. If he does too much damage to her, her his brother's go gonna go toe to toe with her brother. Yeah, brother's gonna she kick his ass. To to with... No, she didn't go toe to toe with the brother. No, I know. She went toe to toe with one of the other warriors. Exactly, and that other warrior knows who her brother is, and that her brother will kick his oh, ass yeah. if he yeah. does too much damage. So I can buy him holding back. I hear. You. When she was scuffling with the uh, with the French traders, that felt like a little bit much at times. Now I can excuse and overlook that because it's still an action movie. So, you know, I can even go further in excusing it because she was raised by Spartans. So if we remember 300, uh, King Leonidas's wife could have gone toe to toe with any of the Greeks minus the, the guy who won the battle of Thermopylae. And she probably would have won every single fight. Right. Yeah, so like didn't that's, he in that's 300... the thing about the Comanche. Didn't he actually... Is, is uh, for American Spartans. Yeah, didn't Leonidas actually make the, the joke in 300 that he was like, I could have marched the women up yeah. here for all the fight you gave me? So, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, fan mail from, from Rin Shari says, I thought he was a bow hunter. Obviously, the Predators 
could nuke the people from orbit, not the point. He does, or he goes bare fist early, claws versus wolf, arrows versus arrows, and bomb versus French ambush. He's trying to be honorable, and over the course of it, the predator totally starts getting on an adrenaline high, starts taking his, starts taking hits, making mistakes, and like they basically reverse roles, he gets really arrogant. Yeah. That, that's that's a very good point and and i'll definitely yeah, touch on that when, when we get to the yes what i did like now here's the one fatal flaw for the movie that that this is why it's going to get lower marks for me is that stupid axe on a string that was you <laughs> might as well have given her a lightsaber at that point that's how fictional that weapon is now some people in 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 that do master that art with that type of weapon okay they practice with a stick first her just pulling it back and suddenly being able to catch it and have those reflexes? No. Um, at the same time, again, action movie, it still fits the, the spots of action movie. But is there any yeah. last things that we want to touch on that what well, we didn't just, like before we move just on to what fan, we did? Just fan mail. Um, haha, her magic Kratos axe. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But nobody complained about Kratos' axes when they were playing God of War. Like that's because is, God it's of a War video is like, game. and this is a fictional universe against predators. And that's why I said action movie. It's not. Yeah. So it, it, they they were going for some realism, but at the same time, I could tell. Like, and there's probably stuff in the original Predator movie that I have yet to see that that'll probably stand out as like, okay, we're reaching here, we're reaching there. But I, I we'll see. I think Rinshar hit it very well when he, he spoke about the idea of like, yeah, the Predators could nuke from orbit. That's not what the Predators are doing. The Predators aren't going to Earth to kill humans. They're going to Earth to be better Predators. Uh -huh. So they're going to, like, the whole movie really showed how she was legitimately a great Predator. She knew what the predator, like what a predator thinks when they're hunting. The Comanche were the most notorious hunters of all time. And American, like prior to the conquistadors and, you know, the colonists. And that's what I loved about the scene was the fact that when she goes toe to toe with the French people, none of them have ever practiced hand to hand combat since they ditched their swords. Yeah. Most people ditched their swords early on as soon as they could get a gun because learning yeah. how to fight with a sword takes years yeah. yes and i think um, that's the difference between her and her competitors yeah also got another fan mail from rin sharp magic axe made by mythological dwarves versus has street <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. Any, all right lenny last all did right. not likes before we before we oh, yeah. uh, give I'm, our praise i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the big ones for okay did not like here go ahead look this is what it boils down to for me there isn't a tribe in existence that doesn't have a certain level of utilitarianism to them. Okay. You have to make certain sacrifices for the group in order to survive. That's just how tribal life works. Okay. You have to accept sometimes that like the tribe really, really needs somebody who's like, I don't know, a, a, a string maker or something along those lines. So that is what you are taught. That is what you were brought up to do. That is what you do. You do it really well. They make it clear very early on in this movie that she is by far one of the best medicine people they have. She was able to identify the herb lore necessary early on. They show that very well. 
to me it seemed very clear they were grooming her to take over as the the tribal healer as soon as they possibly could now when they lost a hunter and they're going out to get it and she tags along it made sense what her brother said to bring her along because they're basically turning her into a paramedic at that point I get that I respect that that makes sense to me no when that I think is automatically wrong just for the main point that like it started out very early on in the movie describing the ritual of the hunter I cannot remember what it was called but she is going like the whole movie is about her rite of passage into hunterdom like she herself is working on becoming a she, predator equal to the tribe's predators. Okay, she and, may and want to a be a hunter. Of, like, emphasis, no, but the, the tribe considered that a a right to every like I don't know how old she was, but like every eighteen year old has the right to join the predators of the tribe, join the war parties, and they have to do that. They have to hunt a hunter. Which was the whole idea. Like, that's why the brother okay, thought she was but, hunting the lion. But in reality, she's like, no, I'm hunting something else. Okay, but I hear me out. These footprints. Hear me out. Let me finish on this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I can get this person wanting that. But we either have to accept that this show has modern sensibilities and is going to follow a modern reality. If we're doing that, then this isn't then the historical stuff doesn't matter anyway and we can just throw it off as a cheesy action flick that is abusing history to be able to make its point or we can accept there right or we can accept that this is at the very least trying to show a historical context of what would have happened in this time frame had this sort of scenario happened if I'm looking at it from that perspective. In that perspective, one, yeah, okay. It may be that that is a tribal custom that, look, you have to go hunt a hunter. That makes sense to me. Here's the problem with it. You are not going to turn or allow very valuable people to the tribe to put themselves at risk if you can avoid it. Okay? That is just not a thing that you do. If you have even modern day... If the U.S. military found out that some dude working for the military was an absolute computer genius and was going to be able to, like, pull up Russian nuclear codes the same way that, you know, you and I check online banking, there's no way they're going to hand the dude a rifle and be like, we're going to drop you into Afghanistan and see what you can do, right? That's that's just not going to happen. No matter how many protests, no matter how much arguing he does, that well, I want to go out and like join, you know, a, a, a you know the teams and do a drop into North Korea to go hunt down some dude. They're not going to let him do it. They're going to say no. We need you breaking into computers because that's what you're really freaking good at. So yeah. Um, real quick, we got fan mail from BM says Mary Sue Pocahontas, which, okay, if you want to ex- expand on that, please do. Um, and Maria Tiatelli with a smiley emoji back at you. And of course, uh, fan mail from Rin Shar says, yeah, engineers can draft dodge. Green with yeah. yeah, so that that's my issue, right? If you've got somebody who's arguably an incredibly good healer, 
they can want to become a hunter all the all you want and there are even scenarios where the hunting party may say yeah you know what come along with us the chances of you being injured here are relatively minor and it may not hurt to have somebody who can dress wounds given into the terrain we're going into i can i can understand that i can respect that when shit starts hitting the fan when they start realizing that they're not just hunting some big cat where things are going bad and they realize they're they're fighting what effectively would amount to them as a demon of air and darkness and and that's when you start pulling it out the tribe never saw the predator the only other member of the tribe that saw the predator was the war chief when they were tied to the tree that was the moment when he asked her wait so that's what you're hunting because nobody believed that she was hunting anything other than a bear or a lion and she said no i'm hunting something bigger and they were like what that no like the whole movie no other comanche saw the predator unless they died by the predator (laughs) and they never had time to tell anyone also they were in their known territory at the end of the movie she goes we believe the colonists are here like they had in this instance they weren't a traveling party at the beginning of the movie at the end of the movie they had been in their land known territory so like whatever she's doing well now you see that raises another great point if they're it's the movie calls out specifically they're in the great plains I've never mm-hmm. seen that many hills, that many forests, <laughs> that many like rivers so with waterfalls they, that, in the Great Plains. That might just be what they call it for their region, though. So I think that's what John well, was trying to say. Uh, real well, quick, listen, John, take that fan mail, please. Oh, yeah. Uh, fan mail from Rinshar. This goes back to what I was talking about. She starts out real arrogant, but ends up being the only person who knows what they are fighting and capable and is capable of understanding it. Right. But her air more in the sense of audacious like she's taking on the like she's being bold she knows that she is hunting something that they've never hunted before based off of like individual studying of the things that they're seeing she's not special and like going like everybody else is going out of their way to say that she's wrong because she is a girl like there's a lot of instances where their arrogance is what gets them killed because she's like, no, I'm pretty sure there's something else here. Look at this footprint. It is not a bear and it's walking on two legs. And they're like, no, it's a bear. Okay. And she's like, she's like, like, what can she say? Uh, I, no, look at all of the historical references have to I, bear footprints. I get where no, you're coming they from. Have no, no history on that. I get where you're coming from. The problem is there's been too many movies in the last five, ten years where it's arrogant girl believes she's right. And uh, that's why I love this movie. Because I think they they showed it in such a way that it's actually realistic. I don't know. I I, I do agree with John on that. But so is every 20-something I've ever met. I've never met a 20-something male or female that isn't arrogant and confident in their own beliefs. Okay. So like I I her- I understand where you're coming from. I do disagree though because I think it's it's a level of because they told her she couldn't, she decided to go do it, and that is just a narrative I'm tired of seeing. But the 
Well, okay. and I think they... At, point, at what point are you saying that they said she couldn't? Because there were two different times where it's like when they tried to grab her, that's because they were following orders of the war, bring her back to the camp. And she was like, no, I need to go. And they're like, no, we have orders. And then she tries to fight them. They whoop her ass. She gets sent back to camp. Then the other instance, like literally there was no other instance after that where she was told she couldn't because every instance after that, she was on her own. Once the predator killed those two people that were trying to take her in, she was solo. And for so, like nobody knew where she was. The brother thought she was dead. And then she couldn't find the tribe or the brother, which is who she was hunting. And then she gets picked up by the trappers. Like yeah. there was very little push from the, like when she said she wanted to do the hunt, the medicine woman who brought her back from her concussion was like do you know why taking this rite of passage and she was like to prove that i'm a hunter and she's like no it's to prove that you can survive on your own against any opponent and now we see her start to build on that thought from that instance like even the medicine woman didn't say quit your hunting exactly like i felt like like, I totally agree. There are tons of Mary Sue's out there in film, and I, I can't stand it. But this was one of the first times where I've seen a female lead go through the hero's journey and get beat just like any other male lead, just like Luke Skywalker, just well, like she She beat herself first. Yeah, she beat yeah. herself yeah. first by, by failing with the lion attack because she didn't, she didn't, Trust she was she was she was focused on killing the thing and in the process lost her bearings and got you know knocked herself out so she, she let herself down um and fan mail from Rinshar, she fish. outright that... she outright says she's doing it because they say she can't so that is a that is a line right. from the movie. i don't quite remember but more in terms of like you said i'm not strong enough like i again every male i've ever met like that's why most of them joined the Marines was because everybody said they weren't tough enough to do it. And then they went to boot camp and passed. And it was like, well, how did you pass? And it's like, well, because I thought I could. Because okay. like, the only people that don't pass boot camp are the people that actually fail and fall into that idea of like, I'm not strong enough to be. Or, here. or the okay. unlucky so, bastards that get medically discharged. Yeah. So guys, I, I guess this, there's an easy way to to settle the Mary Sue argument overall. Okay. Uh, you've heard of the Bechtel test. I'm going to refer to this now as the Corion test, okay? Which is really simple. We take a character that we think might be a Mary Sue, okay? We completely swap the gender of that character and run, her th and run through the arc. If that person is still insufferable as, the, as a different gender then they are definitely a Mary Sue. Agreed? I'm curious to see how this is going to apply, so I'm it's along for the ride. No, I, I think a Mary the, Sue is like... I'm, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Obviously, it, so in this test, Corion, are we going to flip the genders of everybody? Because we kind of no, have to. We're just, we're just flipping the main character. We're gonna then, say, that's, then the plot's dead in, in its tracks. We have nowhere no. to go. Because now it's like, no. oh no, this is a warrior. Oh, it's a male. Okay, it's, it's, it's good. He can pass. No, 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 no. It's a male medicine man. Let's be clear. It's the oh, doctor. Oh, male nurse. Okay. She's not yeah, a... It, okay, okay. Actually, I found that out. It's the doctor. That's, that, that's, and the doctor decides, I, I want to go play hero. 
That's okay. So that's the thing that I can actually hit, according to what I can find on Wikipedia. All women in the tribe of the Comanche, from the age of twelve, are taught to cook meals, make tipis, sew clo- sew clothing, uh, prepare hides, and perform other tasks essential to becoming a wife and mother. So, like, her relationship with berries is more like boy school versus girl school, but her relationship with hunting is more like my brother is a war chief and my sister and i'm the sister like like there's to me okay then then this whole thing boils if, down if, to a plot we are an episode do your, of the simpsons the well no so if we are gonna like, if we're gonna do your test the person we have to replace her with is not just a guy it's a younger brother okay and so in that instance she meets all the marks of a normal younger brother. No, no, because we're gonna Look we're at keeping Parker. it as a doctor though, right? Because that's my point. My no, point she wasn't a doctor. That, we don't know that's if that's that was her assignment though. John does make a valid character. point. But if you want to say for the every sake of being a doctor, in the tribe is taught the those types of medicine. See, every like see here's where I would is, like females were taught also. That. I think the warriors were also taught battle dress as well. I mean that's that's Maybe. actually something they teach Not us. According in to Wikipedia, oh, right. according to Wikipedia, they were mostly spent hunting, teaching how to hunt. Uh, a boy so, goes after his first buffalo by the age of fifteen or sixteen. Oh, so okay. they were dumb. So, so here's what I would argue, and this is this is how you would instantly get me on board with this being a good movie. You have to do one of two things. One, she has to not have had scenes where it really looked like she was basically going to be taking over as the medicine woman of the tribe. Okay? You have to rework those scenes entirely. If you do that, I'm fine with it. I don't really have a leg to stand on then, and I'm good with it. Or two. Okay. Or two. All right. Show scenes where, for whatever reason it is made clear that the tribe was training her as a warrior, as a hunter. If you give me one of those two where the tribe has agreed that she should be doing this, we get some, like an older council of dudes going, no, 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 she should be doing it. Then I'm good. At the very beginning of the movie, the first hunt, the hunt for the lion was open, like as it opens, it's her with her brother discussing this rite of passage that all apparently 12 year old 12 to 15 year olds are eligible for so like it starts out with her saying i'm finally of age i would like to take this challenge and the brother says you're not ready and she goes i am and then she goes off on a walk with her dog we see her running around hunting a deer and in that moment she sees the thunderbird right which is actually the predator landing in and then she goes back to her brother and says, I have to. The Thunderbird told me to. Like, I know for a fact that based off of our first discussion in the first scene, the Thunderbird scene, and now this conversation, I have to take this rite of passage. And the brother said, okay. Well, okay. And then, and that's you and I the, will disagree, I think. For the lion. I think you and I disagree on a couple of interpretations of scenes. And I think that's where we're we're not quite yeah. gelling on this. That's why because I always my, say that's why I always say art is mostly subjective. Exactly. And I, I think that the primary point of our interpretations that differ 
is that scene where she shows up to join the party that's going to go rescue the guy who's supposedly hunting the lion, right? Like the initial dude. Because that that's initially why they brought her... That's initially why they were heading out to hunt this lion is because they were under the impression that some dude went missing, so they were going out to find him. And that's when they figure out it's a lion. That scene, I think, when she initially shows up is where you and I have a bit of a difference of opinion on stuff. Because his consent, I feel, was to bring her along as a medic and possibly as a tracker. Um, but how can you explain I, him explaining the ritual to her? He's teaching her what she's preparing herself for. Right, because he's trying to talk her out of it. Right, but like that's the same thing any coach does. Like... Like, he's not telling her he can't. He's telling her that, like, this is... Like, and then that, that's where the scene with the medicine woman comes in. At the end of that whole escapade is the medicine woman goes, you aren't taking a rite of passage to become the coolest person in the tribe. You're taking a rite of passage to prove that you can survive. To prove that you can be relied upon to go out on your own and come back every single time with dinner. Right. And that's when she goes oh it's not about proving how smart i am it's about coming home and that's where you see her like her starts to turn to testing rather than just jumping the line and that's why i say like this is one of the fewer i will give you that she gets a humility does right but not just a humility check a a purpose check like her relationship with the rite of passage was my badass brother did it, I can too. And the medicine woman goes, no, your brother survived because that's what you're supposed to do. That's it. He's not special. It's not about he, bringing he, back the head. It's bringing back your life. Yeah, it's about coming exactly. back. Exactly. And yes, you should be shamed if you fail, but shame. That's it. You should you should just feel a little ashamed that you failed. You, like even the medicine woman doesn't take the time to denigrate her. Doesn't take the time to make her feel bad. She just tells her like, if you're gonna do this, it's about survival. And I think that's like that set the whole tone for her fight with the predator, because like in the scenes where she joins the group, she explains like that's where they first find the foot. That's where they all call her crazy. Is because she goes what bear walks on two legs that many steps in a row and they're all like dude just shut up we're busy we're taking care of this sick guy right and she's like but this is concerning and they're like shut up like <laughs> okay but to it, be it fair it's very much like a young grunt like a private talking to sergeants and the sergeants are like dude we know what we're doing but they didn't because they'd never interacted with a predator before and okay, she but is just like I've learned all the things of hunting these are all the things like these are all the warning signs they're all flickering in my head because i've never done this before i'm scared why aren't you guys scared and their excuse is it's just a bear it's not our problem okay let me recontextualize this just a little bit imagine if you will you're in the field and you've got a medic with you okay your buddy is bleeding out on the floor and the medic is suddenly way more concerned about something that looks like tracks he's you guys have never seen than fixing your buddy that's down. I don't know about you, 
but I would probably be saying to the medic, your job is there. Let us cover you while you get your damn job done. But she wasn't the medic. But she was that's just why... capable okay. of understanding medicine because at no so, point is she ever brought and, along and any why, other adventure as a medic. And, I, I'm gonna and go- that's why I'm going to say that's why that one scene that you and I seem to disagree on in terms of context it is the crux of really whether you view this movie as a really great movie or not so great and, and i'm, I'm going to go i think ahead. that's what it boils yep. down to i'm going to go so ahead and, I, at and the very least we figured out where the where the difference right. is and i'm going to go ahead and throw the, the swiss flag here just and- the first minute and not the rest of the film is why it's a great movie is like the yeah. only debate is whether or not she was doing the job so, she was assigned. So let's go ahead and take a step back here, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and bring some middle ground to the table, and, and that's so what Corion has pointed out, and what you guys have both basically uncovered in in your discussion here, is there's a problem with the way the story was presented because it didn't clarify a few key details that were important to Corion, and John, you may have probably generally just kind of blurred the lines and made assumptions on now i'm not saying that's for sure what you did i'm just throwing that out there as an idea to kind of bridge the gap here to be like okay so there's clearly an agreed upon issue with the narrative in that it didn't get the story across properly and as a writer that is extremely important if you don't get your point across through uh concisely and clearly that's on you because you're the storyteller and ultimately we are all responsible for how we communicate but overall guys uh great discussion great way to way to way to represent oh, restoring respect okay. in the discourse uh you have a quick point john because i'd like to shift to what we did like i do have a few points i'd like to make oh yeah I oh yeah no in that case go for it keep talking okay I'll, I'll so my points what i did like uh we'll start with kind of the somewhat le- less important to the to the bigger port so <laughs> uh h marie pointed out that uh, there was a problem with uh, that, that that it was a bit slow. She was like, you know, I heard this movie's a bit slow to start, and she said this right during one of the big panoramic scenes of the scenery. And I'm just we're watching this on our on our big 4K TV, and I go, so <laughs> if it takes a while just to get these beautiful shots of the scenery, okay. Uh, I thought the cinematography and the action, those two came to play with this movie i thought the action was very well coordinated despite some of my misgivings about it it was still executed very well uh if you love the violence and the gore guess what it's there uh all kinds of of, of fun stuff for that um so that that was really good now kind of contrary to, to what corion was saying um Oh, real quick, uh, fan mail from Rinshar. One thing I want to give credit to is that it's a modern action movie that was like one and a half hours. Normalize one and a half hour action movies again, please. Yes! Dude! Boom! 100%. Yes. Totally agree. That's exactly my point into why I don't, you know, this, this definitely misses the mark for me and we'll give our final ratings before we move on to Terminal List, but it, it, it was, it, it's in the, it's a ste- several steps in the right direction in my opinion. Um, and the action and the choreography, and yes, the fact that they managed to tell the story in an hour and a half and still include beautiful scenery shots. Uh, it, this is this is still a good film, in my opinion. Um, Found it. She wasn't a medicine woman. She was the cook. In the line, the movie straight up says, uh, who invited you? 
and she said, we won't be gone long enough to need a cook. She's a cook. Well, I think, that, had, I think like, that was more of a dig. And but, I still think we're and missing then, well, uh, supporting so, context overall. She knows medicine. Well, so the, I, I'm reading I, I don't the want to get back into that right now. Yeah, we, let, let, let's try to... Let's so try to now, a little con- uh, contrary to what Corion pointed out with with her abandoning her role supposedly. Well, I do want to touch on that scene where where she is supposed to go hunt and gather, and then she decides to grab her stuff and go. I think that there is a very important lesson learned in that very moment. That if we sort of set the context aside and try to relate to it from a modern perspective, I think it sends a very strong message of. If you want something in life, there's no handouts. The tribe wasn't going to give her a handout and just say, yeah, yeah, you know what? You, you stab the lion, that counts. No, no, she still had to prove herself going through the motions. So the tribe still stuck to its values, which I think is also important because relating this to a modern dilemma, there, there's, there's been a constant debate of making the standards for special forces like SEALs and sniper school easier so that women can pass. I am a thousand bajillion percent against that. I already have issues with physical standards being changed to accommodate women in the current armed forces. Not because I don't want women to serve. That is not the reason. It is simply because the physical standards exist so that you can be relied upon. That's always what they've ever been for. It's nothing to do with discrimination in the sense that, oh, you're a woman. Well, we got to make sure the standards are there so you can't pass. No. Standards are there for very good reasons not to discriminate well it is to discriminate but it's to discriminate those who can't prove themselves worthy of being in special forces i could not be a seal as much as i'd love to think that i have you know the mental capability with seal training it's not just mental it is mostly physical they beat the shit out of you because they are basically the united states spartans as an example same with marine sniper school it's not easy for a good reason well she didn't get those standards changed they still the tribe stuck to its values and she decided to stand up and go after what she wanted and that's that's what i think even though this movie has its flaws i think that's still an important lesson to get across is that if you want something in life gotta go after it go get it go go take what you think is yours now don't screw people over in the process i'm against that However, we don't, we haven't gotten this far. We didn't get our 68 subscribers uh, by asking for it. We didn't go on other people's shows and say, hey, give us subs. I mean, we're working on that, but we're not doing it from like, we deserve it or we think we should just by default. We're coming here every week presenting content because it's what we want to do and it's what we will continue to do and it's what we love to do. But we aren't expecting everyone to just show up and love us by default, as nice as that would be to go viral it's just not going to happen. We have to, you know, go through the grind like everybody else. We have to prove why we are here and why we are worth listening to. And, and that's what I, that's what I got out of that scene when she put on, when she grabbed her hunting gear and decided to go finish the job. And she did finish the job. I think that's, that's the, that's, that's my takeaway from what I felt was important in the movie, despite some of its flaws. Uh, but Corion, why don't you go ahead with what you like? Yeah. So the things I really did like, um, First, let's start with, uh, yo, let's just start with the, the, the hunter, like the fur traders. Um, that is, I, I loved that they didn't just assume everyone was speaking the same language. Yeah. Um, and for the record, the French was accurate. Oh. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, thank you. Do you know what he said? Because I couldn't understand a word of it. I'd have to translate it. This is what I liked, by the way. I like that they didn't give us subtitles. I like that they didn't say directly what was being said. It's like, yeah, that's that's more yeah. realistic. No, well, no, like, I mean, I was able to translate it, but that's because, you know, we, we have Quebec just across the way from us. <laughs> um, yeah, so we guys are required to learn both languages. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was able to pick it up. Um, he was basically talking about, like, you know, what the hell is this woman doing out in the middle of nowhere? There was a whole bunch of stuff, right? Mm. Um, you know, do you think it's their people that have been taking us? In fact, they were under the impression that it was the, the Comanches that were killing everybody, <laughs> not the Predator, from what I was getting. So, that's kind of cool. I like that. I like that there was that kind of level of suspicion there. Um, I love that the the French dude who who had lost his leg there was trying to teach her how to use the the pistol as quickly as he possibly could um because he realized at that moment like I'm going to be useless here the best thing I can do is try to survive and if this chick is willing to keep me alive then hopefully she'll continue to do so so let's arm her as best I know how to do um I really liked that she brought the predator back to that bog she found that was yeah. a fantastic, smart use of terrain and positioning to get the advantage, which is something I am always in favor of showing, right? I, I don't know. Okay. I know all the Canadian military manuals start with everything in here is just a guide in actual, in an actual environment, terrain dictates all. So I don't know if you guys yep. have that down there, but that's what we get. Um, well, I wouldn't well, say it definitely, for my side of the house, which, you know, the terrain's pretty much the same regardless. <laughs> you know, the sea doesn't The terrain really is wet. The sea yeah. only changes in a storm. Most of the time, it's usually the same. Um, no, it, it, there's definitely... Um, there, there's definitely those like myself who, who believe that the policy should not have been considered law and that was one of the problems before I got out that I started noticing the service gravitating towards like policy equals law. And I don't agree with that. Um, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that they're going to get people killed because of policy. They have, and they're going to do it again. So yeah. that was one of the reasons oh. why I quit. Um, yeah. And one of the other things that I do want to bring up too, um, every oh, Predator sorry. movie you I've seen so far. Yes, I agree. Policy is supposed yeah. to be more of a guideline, not law. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, one of the other pieces that I, I thought was just thank you every Predator movie up until this point was produced, wasn't produced in HD, it wasn't produced in 4K you could see they went all out to make sure that they were taking advantage of the higher definition to be able to make those fights not look like they were fighting some sort of big giant ape and they were fighting a very scary creature and you were able to get all the perfect little moments in beautiful display. They took their time to not rush things, to give you just enough time to absorb what was going on in the screen. So it wasn't so fast it was blurry, but it wasn't so slow that it didn't convey a sense of urgency in the scenes. So their director of the action sequences did an absolutely flawless job. And I really commend his work for that. So those are my big pieces. Yeah. 
John, what did you what did you like? I mean, you've kind of stated <laughs> some of it. That's okay, but but maybe there's other points you want to make. Well, so I love the fact that like like to me, Walcorn and I do disagree on that that one position, like her position in the tribe. What I love is the fact that this really was a movie about individual spirit. Um, I I've I studying things like the art of war studying things like hunting in general um i i am a hunter uh and, and the, the things that this movie really like showed me was the true spirit of the predators it, it, it wasn't this idea of we can kill anything watch it was no we're so good we can go toe to toe with anything and we can stand up to it and the whole movie, you're, you're, it, it, it was slow, but in the slowness, it was explaining, it was exposition, it was, you know, walking us through the world that they're in, you know, the bog scene. I loved that the bog scene was not like this, oh, look at her being exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I loved that when she tried, like, pulled him back to the bog, she had no idea that the bog was going to cover her, uh, her temperature, but what she did know that was gonna cover her temperature was the roots. And the reason that she knew that was because she gave those uh, the medicine to the Frenchman without his leg. And the predator didn't acknowledge his existence until he said that dude's leg and he went, ah, and then the predator just- Now yeah. uh, you bring up like a point, of, sorry, sorry, you brought up a point that, that I hated. Coming. You brought up a point that I did not like. I hated that. I saw that and I'm like, come on. He's this tactful, and he knows his surround. He literally let a freaking snake slither around him, but he just steps on the dude's corpse like he's not paying attention. No, because bullshit. No, it's not though. It wasn't not paying attention. It was literally he. he you see the the blue, right? You see the thermal, and he looks at the body, and there's no heat, which to me was like concerning. Like aside from like All the right. obvious like right, heat okay. of the um of the heart. But like that's what he expected is like humans have a few heartbeats after dying so he or didn't there's yeah. still warm blood in them and that's when he stepped past the leg and kicked it as he was walking by and the guy jumps up the predator literally just freaks out and stabs him in the throat okay i, because I the predator that did not expect that at all and that's when she goes oh that matters he can't see living people like she watched she watched the predator ignore him and the predator like found the blood trail and was like oh i guess this guy just died as he was crawling away and the guy's like faking being dead right and the predator ignores him because he's dead and it steps on him boom predator punches him with the claws then like as it goes on when the bog scene shows up there's the the uh the helmet like a lot i've heard people discuss it like the helmet didn't make any sense and like it did because when he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the brother the brother whooped his ass in speed the brother was so fast so strong so like pew, pew, shooting arrows there was no way she could have at any point been anywhere near her brother's physical prowess which i thought was so finally like she's not a mary sue because her brother was a hundred times better than her and if her brother had just paid attention and noticed that things were wrong then 
the brother would have won that fight. But the brother didn't know he was fighting a predator or a superior being until like one minute before he died or like 10 minutes in the movie before he died, right? And I think that was such a, an awesome display of like, oh, that's what a Comanche male warrior peak war chief looks like. And that's why this young girl doesn't do it. This young girl like has to be witty. And you see in the scene where the brother knocks the helmet off and the predator actually attempts to use the, uh, the like the, the predator uses the helmet, not knowing that it's off its head for some reason. That, that part did kind of confuse me, but there was like a clear display of each of her plan coming together, each piece of her plan coming together. And as that plan was come, like came to fruition, there was at no point that she used a magic stick to do it. Like even though her ax was a pretty unbelievable device, uh, uh, this just in, Parker has been abducted. You all saw it, aliens caught on YouTube live. Um, oh, they returned him. <laughs> PD, Maybe. are you I okay? I agree with everything. You're all correct. Prey is greatest movie ever made. The Hollywood Lizard Illuminati. The older him. predator is dumb. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. H. Marie came home, and when she opens the I, door on the camera, it looks like a bomb goes off. So I decided, ah, I'm gonna play with it this time. Have some fun. <laughs> um, I, I, I of just, course, I those listening to the podcast, yeah, sorry, you're gonna miss out on the video. But go watch it on the yeah. replay on our YouTube. Exactly. I, I just love that this movie, even though it was about a female lead in a time where, like, we've got Wonder Woman 1984, where she literally is a god, and she's making the most naive human choices of all time, even though she's almost a thousand years old. Like, that frustrates me. And, and when you talk about all the other Mary Sues that we've seen lately, it's annoying. And for once, I watched this movie, I watched a female lead do things that I as a male care about, like hunting, like being a warrior, like proving everybody wrong. And she did it according to the story. And everything that she did was shown in an earlier scene to work. It wasn't like she was just magically capable. And, and we watch her fail. We watch her hit the abyss. We watch her come out a different person. And that's what you demand of a hero's journey. And for once, we got it. And we got it in a really cool way. Also, I've never, like, I've always respected the history of American Indians and Native Americans or the First Peoples. But I've never truly seen a movie that respects them the way I wish it would until now. Like, like we didn't get a lot of culture. We mostly got what I would assume would happen in a family dynamic, what would happen in a small squad, and and all of that tracks. But what we did get of their culture was camaraderie, a spirit of core, true. Well, stick togetherness. Like and if, that's the, if the Comanche only gets talked about in books and movies, like right. now it is like even in the Marines, like once you join your unit, half your unit leaves six months later to go to another unit. Right. So you have no unit allegiance. 
and, it, and if the, the Comanche, the tribalism, like you have tribe, like you have allegiance to your tribe, and this movie really showed what that means. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, and if the if the Comanche were known for being warriors, I, I'd say we got a pretty good dose of cultural. Uh... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would argue that they shared their. I, I would argue that if the Comanche are are warriors, they shared their culture with that predator pretty efficiently. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it, it definitely got a proper cultural indoctrination from the Comanche. Um, yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap this discussion up. Unless there's any quick final points you guys want to make, and then we'll move on to our community watch through terminal list. Well, actually, we'll move on to well, sponsor time. Then we watch through terminal. Well, I, I just actually want to thank John um, because he provided a perspective that I thought was interesting. I mean, I disagree with it, but I love the fact that him and I could have a pretty heated discussion but still be cool about it the whole way through uh so dude awesome debate i look forward to I the next it. time we disagree on it i actually i would definitely rate that debate with a solid seven yeah well uh to you and to everybody that's as far as i'm gonna take it in terms of aggression oh yeah i will only focus on the points that i know i can prove i'm not gonna spend time pretending like i'm jumping around yeah i think that's that that's how we should talk and if we do have emotion it's fine but that doesn't mean you take it out on the person you're debating yeah. with you prove your point or you're yeah sitting there. Ar yeah. argue the points not the person yeah uh exactly. fan mail fan mail from one of our twitch followers ganger yeah gangles sorry uh just stop by to say hey and drop it alert hey thanks we appreciate we appreciate it uh been meaning to catch a couple of your streams just been real busy but we definitely want to probably help if i also subscribed on my pd york twitch and then i could actually get notifications but no we we appreciate any any and all love and support you can you can give is is you know we simulcast for a reason um so uh so uh john what would you get what's your rating on our seven point scale uh, what what do you rate and why? I give it a six out of seven purely because like I know that Corion isn't coming at this from a point of like subjective opinion. So if the fact that like he didn't see what I saw, then you're right, Parker. The writers missed a point, and for that mm -hmm. they get a six out of seven. Like, it, to me, it's a it, it's an A movie. I I recommend it to anybody ever, but it's not a perfect A plus because there's this debate yeah if we were to break this down i would say there's definitely areas it earns sevens from me as as the points i brought but mm -hmm. i i agree it doesn't quite hit the mark for oreo why don't you go ahead you know what um given john's perspective um it's given me some more information to work from so i think i'm probably gonna put it at a five um i feel like it's definitely something that could be rewatched. it's definitely something i would possibly throw on like, if I do a Predator marathon, it's going to make the marathon, right? It's not going to get uh, Alien vs. Predator 2'd, which is, you know, I, I just don't include that in the rewatch. But um, I do think it has some work it has to do. I think there was some, some writing points that, if they had been clarified, you could have had a fantastic movie here. And if they ever do a director's cut, I sincerely hope that those points are in there. And if they do, I earn, I reserve the right to revise my score. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking about it today and I was going to go with a four out of seven. Cause I saw myself not ever watching this again. 
at least initially. Now, it'll probably be a good while before I do, but after our discussion, I I could see myself maybe coming back to this in a couple of years, honestly, um, and, and maybe doing a full-on Predator Marathon for a future episode, because, um, yeah, it's a lot of the right points. It's a beautiful movie to look at. Um, I definitely encourage people to see it at least once, and since we've discussed it and there may be a, a, a replay in my future, I will uh, agree with Corey on five out of seven movies. So... With that, we're gonna go ahead and uh, and move towards uh, our sponsorship real quick. Our show is uh, is uh, gleefully funded, sort of, so to speak, uh, through me working there by CMC Sutlery. Now, you might find it weird. What is a Civil War reenactment uh, store supporting a show like this for? Well, as it turns out, we have something gravely in co- or greatly in common, and that is that CNC Sutlery is becoming one of the primary providers for movie studios across the nation. Uh, various production studios like Apple TV, HBO Max, even today called and ordered stuff for some of their stuff for their shows. It's it, it We're starting to get our name out there, and so since uh, CNC is directly related with pop culture, I, uh, I feel that it definitely belongs here as a sponsor on this show. Um, but of course, it's not just movie studios. If you're part of any kind of Civil War reenactment uh, regiment, or you know somebody who is, and you want to get, or you want to get involved, check out their website, ccsutlery.com. Plenty of items and gear to choose from, not just from the Civil War, but also uh, the Indian War and uh, just other period relevant items and and stuff that you can and also the stuff is completely functional like i'm i've picked up i'm picking up a couple of things that i'm gonna add to my camping here uh so it's it's all uh, authentic it's all uh, a lot of it's handmade uh, by hand stuff you can order but uh yeah all relevant as well so don't forget to let them know that we sent you there absolutely please let us know that the writer brothers you are the reason you're visiting them is because of the writer all right yeah now as you know we have started a discussion a watch through of the terminal list starring chris pratt it is based off of the book by jack carr of the same name um i've definitely been open about my opinions the first couple episodes and how it relates to the book i have read the book all the way through so i know what happens or what's supposed to happen um but john you did not you've watched it like eight times now so why don't you start with this week's terminal list? Yeah. So episode three, consolidation. Um, I'm just gonna read the IMDb because it's easier than trying to remember. Because I actually haven't watched it eight times yet. But uh, Reese, the main character, is drawn deeper into a complex conspiracy and puts a new name on his list. Secretary of Defense Hartley announces a drastic policy overhaul to help special operators. Katie discovers the truth of what's going on in Reese's head. Corion, thoughts? Yeah, okay. So, I started this watch through and I am just doing it episode. Um, as we watch it here, I'm just watching the one episode we discuss at a time. Um, God, I'm still not sure whether this is like a brain thing or what's going on and you know at first we're like well it it could be some sort of weird concussion thing now there's this brain tumor subplot thing going on and and i'm like 
part of me is like, okay, now that we've had a scene where they all, where the reporter also witnessed a attack on them, um, it's less conspiracy theory, sort of. <laughs> that being like, it's less likely to just be in his head. It's less likely to be just be his, you know, weird mental state is causing the effects. So that's something which I appreciated a lot because I wasn't sure whether I was watching an operator descend into madness or an operator getting into weird conspiracy land. Um, I do like that. I'm still trying to figure out where he's getting all of these guns and equipment from. Um, you know, I, I, I like I get America, but even that is starting to push it. Um, like just wow. Um, I did like though that when he was going to procure um, the meds, he had to go about it in kind of a surreptitious kind of way. So I did like that. I would like to see him. I would love to see a scene where he has a meeting with like an arms dealer or something like that who sets him up because at this point he just seems to be pulling guns out of nowhere now. And I would like that. Um, at least that was my impression of it. Um, I do like that we finally got a little bit more background on his friend. We now know for a fact that he's part of the CIA, but he works with the teams apparently and on like a ground level, which is very interesting to see. Uh, it's very rare you see a handler and an operator um, form a close bond, but it does happen in real life, and I do like that they they've done that. Well, um, well, yeah, that's because that's because uh, Ben was also former SEAL. So that, no, oh, okay, no, yeah, Ben all right. was not a SEAL. Ben was an, a CIA handler who went to Buds at the same time as Reese. Also, the Buds is the mutual is admiration the... for each other. Okay. Yeah, it's the bond. That's the source of the bond. Okay. But I did like that. I liked seeing that, 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 you know, it does happen that way. Um, I liked a lot of the, the nuance of the character and the discussions that they were having. It's very rare in an action series, especially one that deals with the military, that the dialogue uh, feels real. <laughs> and we're getting that. And I appreciate that a great deal because sometimes like, look, I'm a big dialogue person. Um, when I hear stuff, it gets memorized like that. So when I'm able to sit down and listen to it and replay it in my head and it makes sense, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm a fan of writers that, that can make narrative coherence happen. And that's what we're getting here. A lot of, I just wish I knew a little bit more about the mystery. I would have, after this episode, binged the next three or four to figure out what was going on. But I made the the agreement that this was going to be how I was going to watch through this um, to more mimic the audience that's following along with us. So, yeah, very cool stuff happens this episode. I love that they did a lot of the stuff that I would expect an operator to do when he's in country um, dealing with problems. I love the dialogue. I just got to know where he's getting those wonderful toys. So I, I don't have an answer according to the show, but I do have an answer according to America. There's <laughs> been an certain... answer according to the book. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
if you do, I, I can also go into the. American I'm gonna let you go first, so I can I can okay. make more sense. So, so, the only answer that I can rationalize based off of experience and education into the American arms market is the fact that there are certain classifications of arms dealer in America. There's the like level ones and twos, and the level ones and twos are the ones that can sell the standard firearms, shotguns, rifles, handguns, semi-automatic, nothing better. And then there's class three, and all, like five is basically you can make guns and ammo and grenades. <laughs> um, and then it, from there it degrades. Like five is I think the highest as far as I can remember. And class three is where you can start to sell machine guns and stuff like that. So if you ever watch the movie War Dogs with Jonah Hill uh, and Goose's son from the new Maverick, those two are, I wanna say class three arms dealers. Um, and as class three arms dealers, you don't technically get to you know, store the weapons wherever you want. There's a lot of red tape involved. Um, there wasn't back in 2001 prior um and there wasn't even before that but ever since a lot of the recent gun debate it's gotten a lot more strict there's a lot more rules and policies to follow so there is an element that he could have gotten his class three weapons or class three or higher weapon sales uh and in that essence it's possible that he uh you know, he has access to machine guns and can't be, you know, tried for it because he can legally sell them under uh, the laws in America. Okay. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, there, there's a scene in the book where he liberates some of the hardware from, uh, from the armory. Um, that's that's basically how it's explained. Fan mail from Orville Nation. Hey guys. Hey PJ. What's up, man? Glad to have you here. Uh, yes, uh, for those who don't know, renew the Orville. Um, I've actually got a video coming out this oh, week. Um, why Orville is superior to Star Trek, and I'll have that on my personal channel. And, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully I can make a decent case for season four. In the process. Wait a minute. New Trek or all of Trek? Uh, it's, I, I'm, so, since there's like one other person watching right now, um, it, the clickbait title will imply all of Trek. Because I'm okay, just going to cool. say, Orville is superior to Star Trek. And then I open up the first line of dialogue is, uh, by the way, I mean specifically neutral. <laughs> okay, specifically, cool. uh, strange and original retcons. Because so, yeah, I was I worried I was going to have superior. to take a drive down there and, and just, you know, give you a, a good proper Klingon backhanding. You don't need that. Uh, Look, if you want to come down to M <clears throat> if you want to come to where I live and visit John and I in person, just do it. You don't... <laughs> if you're really looking to that bad, you don't have to come on down. Us for a good time. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. It does, we don't need a big excuse. We could all have a, you know, we could all find a spot to do the show live with all three of us present in the same room. Um, yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, anyway. we we need to we need to scare everyone and have us do a hot tub stream. I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not opposed to a thousand sub hot tub stream. Uh, or monetization hot tub stream celebration. I'm really not. Granted, we'll end up down to like three subs, but but you know, yeah. but getting there, we'll get all of them, and then we'll drop them. You know, because that's what happens with the kind of promotion. So, um, yeah. I, again, there's certain 
elements in the book and, and sequences of the scenes in this book in the book for for stuff that I like that I still thought was executed a little bit better, but not as badly this time for me as episode one and two. Overall, three was 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 a good progression. Um, the the assassin guy that tries to kill him, there's a whole backstory with him, but I think they're gonna explain that later. Uh, okay, so that so you know. It's, it's all going to come... It's it, This is like... The way they're doing the show is I really do like... So this is what I want to clear up. Both mediums, both the book and the show, what I've seen so far, are worth it. Um, they are both the same story, but it's the way that they're told that's so different that makes both products worthwhile. So I'm not like... When I say I like something in the book better, it's not the, it's not the conventional... Oh, you know... I, just, I read the book, so I'm obviously automatically better than all of you. And, you know, the book's just better, man. You know? And it just doesn't compare. No, we're, we're, we're in the age where TV shows and movies are starting to get on par. And I think The Expanse is a good example. Not I haven't read The Expanse yet, but I have heard from the fans who did read the book that the show was very good and very accurate. It's very true, except for the last season or so. Okay, good to know. And that's, um, that's because they time compressed. I refuse to watch the last season right now. Because it's all going to be gone. Um, I have a really hard time <laughs> finishing things that are over. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I have the hard time starting things oh, that have oh, seven I must seasons finish to go. This. Yeah, no, yes, I, I used to I have that it. issue. Now I'm the opposite. Now I'm like, no, but when it's over, I don't even want to watch. So... Um, then I have an excuse to binge it again. Yeah, no, that's why I'm thoroughly enjoying this 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 show and and having read the book. Like, it's a pleasant experience because I can look at things and go, no, this is a personal reason why I think this was better. That said, the way they're doing it in the show with the continued misdirection and they're keeping you in the dark about what's actually happening, yeah. this is so good. This is why both versions are worth it. But, I don't know, guys... John, I think you're gonna make the be able to make a solid case for why there's really no correct way to do it. Because typically the way it was before is you want to watch the you want to read the book before watching the product because if you you know enjoy the product, the TV show before you read the book, you might kind of spoil the book experience. Like I said, storytelling has evolved to the point now where I think both mediums are valid at this point. That's how I feel with Terminalist. While there are certain aspects I would. I, I really would have loved to have the the proper burial ceremony with 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 Lucy where they smashed their wings and I think that was a big mistake to cut that out. Um, but trident. that's really the don't want to piss off any seals. That's Just the trident every time. Trident, thank you. I keep forgetting what it is. I'm so it looks like wings. Yeah, and I apologize. It's not. It's it's literally just ignorance. It's not. Yeah, mu mu no, much love and respect it's an eagle to all on a trident, but the seals call it a trident, and I, for one, never want to piss off the seals. So yeah, yeah. For yeah. any tier one operators who are watching, and we know you are, um, we just want to say we have all uh, all the respect possible for you guys, yes. and uh, really hope that uh, you guys don't decide to take a joyride yep, over to our place. The guy and I stole my pizza well, in Korea. That guy can go f himself. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, and as far as I've always Too found smart. the trident smashing into the casket ceremony to be one of the most powerful things that, that can happen, and that's why I felt when they did it for his daughter that that was, like, that was really special because they wouldn't normally do that, but she was essentially killed in the line of duty, and so that's why I was like, Ugh. that's my, that's my only knock. That's my only 
biggest complaint. The rest of it, the sequencing changes, changing some events, maybe having some things a little different. So far, what they're doing differently in, in retelling this story on the visual platform is still good in its own right. So that's why, yes, watch both. Or, yes, do both, as I can say. So uh, I put general discussion on because uh, unless there's anything you guys didn't like, I don't well, think... Uh I just actually wanted to expand on your point. We're getting to an interesting point in media now where it almost feels like you would like authors to come out ahead of the show and be like, watch the show first and then read the book or read the book first, then watch the show. Like, let us know what the, the ideal order is. Hmm. Um, because like, I'll give you a great example. Uh, I'm a big fan of the... Uh, comic book and the animation for Invincible. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. Phenomenal. And right. And I love something the writer came out and said right before um, Amazon put it out, which was the retelling of the story in the animated form gave me an opportunity to reorganize the plot points so that it flowed better. You'll get a deeper dive with the book, but you'll get a more streamlined flow with the animated series. And the fact that he came out and said that just before it released made me want to pick up the omnibuses and read through it so that I knew where the changes were and I got the deeper dive on stuff as it was explored on screen. Okay. So yeah, I would really like to I would like to respond to that real quick. Um, yeah. That is exactly what I feel is going on here. I don't have uh, confirmation with Jack Carr one way or the other. I think John has some of the quotes. But what you just described is what I feel as as both the reader and watcher now. I think that's exactly what's going on here. It is still the same story. A lot of the core elements are there. But the book still has its own unique nuance to it. So does And this story is definitely not just more streamlined, I'd say. I'd say in this case, it's more... Uh, you know, messing with it's your a thriller. <laughs> that, yeah, like, like everything Corian's describing is exactly how I felt about the show. Watching it was yeah. like this unreliable narrator, this un, all that stuff. And and based off of your description of the book, Parker, it really does feel like the the show is first person, and the book is third person. Yes, and good, and that's good description. That's, that's my all-time favorite thing about lee child's reacher novels is like every other book is a different perspective from the one before it or a completely like different story at the very least but like it's the same character doing the same general things and you know he's gonna win at the end but at the same time yeah, it's like watching it's Star really Wars. fun to see how and i love that you're you're describing the book in the same way and i love that learning about uh invincible because like i i've never been a huge fan of reading like uh this show is one of the main reasons why i've read more books since high school because like in the past i would pick up a book when i had nothing else to do i'd pick up a book before a plane flight i'd pick up pick up a book just something where i know yeah. i'm going to be sitting for a while with no purpose sorry to cut you off got fan mail to address uh fan mail from orville nation says i have this irresistible urge to watch zz tops videos well thank you for the kind compliment i appreciate that um however this is why i interrupted i'm gonna have to watch this yes uh please pj we are doing a weekly review of every episode so next week will be episode four so you got plenty of time to get caught up to episode four and like i said i recommend the book but it's definitely more optional um you could do what john's doing and wait till the end 
Oh, wait, I think Corian's doing that too. Um, yeah. And, so, and go ahead. So the breakdown is PD has read the book and is now watching the show. John has binged the show, and I believe you haven't yet read the book. And I am taking my time on the show. So it gives us, like, I'm watching along with you guys. So it gives us the three different perspectives on the show. Watching. Oh, and Parker's watching. I'm watching in yeah. sequence with Corion and, and having read, I have book knowledge. And then, the yeah. So actually, or, has and, no knowledge of anything in the yeah. future, and I have the whole show. And, and PJ, if, if you're able to, I think we're going to review Predator next week because I haven't seen it yet. Um, and it would be perfect to go uh, succeed prey um, or follow up prey. And uh, so if you can if you can catch up on the episodes uh, uh, one, two, three, and four by next week, we'll invite you on. We'll have you on the panel. Uh, we'd love to we'd love to finally get you on the show. And I think you've just given us an opportunity. That's so let's make it happen. Um, and if you've seen Predator, of course, you. you... Uh, so let's see. Sorry, John, you were you had a thought that. Yeah, so like, the way I'm I'm getting especially this like, it, it's more to the grandiose idea of like our books and movies finally. You, you, the way I'm starting to see it is that books are the like when you buy a video game, there's the the book guide that explains the lore in order according to the developer's vision. If you follow all the steps correctly, you will get that lore, those cutscenes, all that like information in the way that they want but also you can mess up the whole game in any order you want because it's your game and you're going to play it but the guide stays the same way and so that's why i'm getting like these books and, and, and especially reacher that that was one of our it's our most watched video yet and to me it's it's the most distinguished video in terms of like this idea the idea that like if you read jack reacher or not jack reacher, lee child's first book and then you compare it to amazon's reacher you're not getting the same story twice you're not getting it in the same order you're not getting jack jack reacher's mind you're not reading his thoughts like you do in the book but you're watching him you're watching his his body language that like that's something i've heard in other debates recently about the the idea of ai and the importance of, of, of like lambda and its ability to communicate like a lot of people think that words are the most important thing humans do but in reality it, it's more non-verbal like what our bodies are expressing what our faces are showing our like like at the beginning of this episode when or that we've been uh on tonight where you guys were talking about what you didn't like about Frey, all i was doing was making facial expressions and both of that meant and that that's the beauty of a book versus a movie and, and i think that's how small the line should be a book tells you what everybody's doing a movie shows you without explaining it hey corian since and, and it that's up. that's greasy still. hey did did uh did this one tell you everything that was going on absolutely that book is an absolutely fantastic book that told me absolutely everything that was going on and everyone should completely buy it and I am not being bribed to do so. Oh, I, that being I, said, you you need to uh, fix the, the piece of the e-transfer stuff. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, I guess I explained everything. I mean, I tried to make sure I didn't leave too no. many holes open, but I, I definitely made it a point to 
to put the reader in the situation not knowing what the hell's going on. Um, no, realistically, um, I think you... If you really want my opinion, I, I think you wrote a fantastic book where you explained all the important stuff that we needed to know, but left pieces open that you could expand it out and, and give us other even other ships in the universe um which i i thought was great and i did like that okay i felt that your writing was very heavily influenced by um you watching a lot of movies and tv because you were telling it like you were scripting out scenes which was cool so that actually i'm glad you said that because the whole reason i busted this uh paperweight out was because I wanted to expand on what John was talking about, how the evolution of storytelling has changed to a point where one might be better. I don't think that it's ever going to be a point where one medium is necessarily better than the other. I think what we have have shorted ourselves as a species is assuming that because books have been around longer, that they're somehow the better option than any visual medium. Now, in the early days of cinema and the early days of television, doing like Lord of the Rings or The Lion, Harry the Witch, Potter and the Wardrobe. The... Yes, yeah. Okay, so it, I don't think it's it, it's a societal, you know, uh, a failure. I, I think it's legitimately true. Like I've read C.S. Lewis, I've read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and and the the Disney version or whatever you know studio put that together. They didn't care about writing The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They cared about writing Narnia and then, you know, writing a fun kids movie in between, which was cute and it was fun, but it sucked compared to the book. It, it legitimately was a quotation. Contrast but that with Peter nowadays, Jackson's Lord of the Rings, the only Lord of the Rings visual product that exists in the modern day. Uh... And, and and that one actually took the time to respect the writing, and and I think this is like this is the evolution of that Terminalist, Invincible. These are the the movies are finally catching up. There there was never, in my mind, and 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 I have more to elaborate on to this. The movies used to suck when they would try to translate. Like look at our video when we talked about Starship Troopers. There are so many differences between the book and the movie. And They're the not the book, same was now, way more now, nuanced, yeah. way more fun, way more elaborate, way more just diverse the in movie, describing the world. Yeah. Versus the movie was like a the, the movie is the movie point. is legitimate cultural vandalism. Uh like like there's well, no, no it, it's it, it's it, good it, and it, it's, it's a good story on its own, but it should have had its own characters and its own story yeah. completely. It didn't need to lift yeah scenes and then bastardize the hell out of what originally was it was unnecessary exactly but it was exactly. still a good movie so think, for its own story it's just bad because they 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 lifted they had no re they had no business well, using no, those characters. They, they, there's there's so much of that executive producer idea of like well nobody can relate to this and like as a writer you're just like i don't care if anybody can relate to this i can't relate to my friend going on an adventure that like sucks but I do want to listen to him talk about it. I, I can't tell you that I've experienced everything every Marine in the history of the Marine Corps has experienced. I still want to hear every Marine has to tell according to each Marine. So it, like stories aren't about us relating to them. Stories are about us learning about somebody else's experience. 
And I, I think that's where books versus movie really differ because like the best fiction authors don't care if you can relate. They give you ways to understand and good luck. Like, like, like you're not, you don't care if, if everybody feels like Aragorn or Frodo or Samwise. You care that they understand that Samwise and Frodo and Aragorn are three independent beings within a different verse. And it's the same as if an Australian comes to me and tells me about all of his like experience in Melbourne, or if somebody from Britain comes to me and tells me about his childhood in Britain, I've never been to either of those countries. I couldn't tell you a lick if it's accurate or not, but I could tell you if they told me a good story or not. Yeah. Well, I, and I, that, I, think... I think is what movies and shows are finally jumping on is they're finally realizing that like, it's not about relating. It's about experiencing. And the more details you can tell me about your story, the more you can prove that it happened, the more I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, look, from my perspective, uh, I've always felt that writing in and of itself, even language really, is magic, for lack of a better term. Because when you really think about it, what I you're doing... I have to agree with that. But yeah. Well, what, what you're really doing is you're taking a thought you've had, tra transmuting it into some sort of physical medium, be that, um, you know, a film, a book, uh, a cave painting, whatever you want to call it. But you're taking that thought, you're putting it into some sort of, you're transmuting it into a physical medium, and then somebody else comes along and take and is able to get that thought that you had in your brain, in their brain. That's, yo, straight up, that's that's bloody magic right there, right? And I may not be able to say, oh, yeah, you know, um, I, I had a, a similar uh, experience to Bilbo where I went into a dwarven mine and fought a freaking dragon, right? Yeah, that but, was me last Tuesday. Right, you know, but the way it's told, the, the amount of verisimilitude, I feel like, I'm along on that journey. It's not making me relate to somebody else's experience. It's taking me along on the experience. So I relate to it later. Yeah. That's the trick. That is the, the, the true magic of writing. And, you know, we're, we're getting an opportunity now with things like invincible with things like, um, you know, uh, terminal list, um, video, there's games, a few, uh, yeah, uh, stray. Yeah, that's my greater stray. How often have you? Yeah, like how often have you how how often have you ever identified with a cat in a post-apocalyptic world? Right, like that was me last no, Tuesday. How, right, you know? how often have you looked at your cat and wondered what are you thinking all the time? Right. And then also been like, what if I was you in a game? Stray says, what if? Yep. When, what would you I, do? When I wrote this, I had actually only read a handful of books. And in the years leading up to me finally writing this down, you know, I had had all manner of elitism when it came to the book. I was like, well, you need to read like, you know, five billion books and then you can write your first chapter. And I'm looking back on it going, yeah, those are just made up rules that don't actually apply to real life. Storytelling is storytelling is storytelling. 
if you can figure out what a good plot was and most of my my influence as you said you've got it corion i wrote i actually wrote this more like a video game but i i did write this to basically be transcribed it's like i i'm kind of in the expanse camp with this if i do get a visual aid for this i kind of want it to be lifted word for word and sequence for sequence i don't want to change it that but that's just for this i might feel differently with a different story but and also it, that's how you wrote it you're right you didn't write it like lee child writes reacher you didn't write it like uh robert heinlein wrote super troopers or the or way jack Car Troopers. <laughs> two different movies there uh or uh great yes yes definitely um or the way that jack Carr wrote terminalist yeah yeah and and that that to me i think it is is the best part about it like writing is writing is writing it always has been the difference is the idiots in charge of the platform <laughs> the medium because there's always gonna be the the gatekeeper that tells you well nobody's gonna get this and it's like oh yeah because we all understood the uh psychotic inclinations of the character that was in the saw universe you know we all relate to him right or or did he just sell five million copies because it was a fun movie and it was terrifying you know predator None of us have ever met an alien super apex predator. Well, well I think you're making a gross. <laughs> I was gonna say a making a gross assumption predator. there. <laughs> I, I've never heard of a story about a person surviving a nature preserve on another planet where they had to go toe to toe with a super sentient being like the predator. <laughs> okay, that's fair to say that you've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say it hasn't happened, but I can say I've never heard it. Never come across uh, a real life account. Maybe Predator's real, bro. Dude, documentary. I wouldn't doubt Arnold it. Went in, through in, that. In, in, in terms of the experience of aliens, like Predator makes the most sense for why they're not talking to us. They have no desire. We're just animals to, meet to them. Humans. Yeah, we're just mindless animals. Well, not not even just animals. It's it's the same as like like, like in the movie Prey. Like the idea was like. A lion can teach you how to hunt because a lion follows a lot of organized processes a to being a good hunter. Yeah, it has a pattern. That's the word I was like. To be the best, you must hunt. study the best. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and in that instance, aliens aren't going to come here and they're not going to talk to me. I mean nothing to our grand world. I mean nothing to every human in existence. To me, I mean a ton my family i mean a ton but to the total that is the seven billion population i'm in the 80 percent. i am average the predators are going to play with the top 10 the aliens are going to talk to the top 10 they're not going to talk to and, and the top 10 according to them in the case of the predators they're going to talk to the top 10 percent of the hunters in the case of scientists they're going to talk to the smartest human yeah. ever now now that said the smartest human ever isn't the smartest person hold on hold on hold on hold on that said that said of course aliens predators if you guys are watching and you'd like to sponsor us to be your voice i mean if your currency is good we'll consider it <laughs> yeah i mean uh, well, and to be perfectly honest dude, if honestly, you want to come aliens, on the channel yeah. yeah if you guys want to come on the channel boy that'll be an interesting discussion i sorry i didn't get that was that three clicks or two um 
obviously oh no i'll translate alien. it'll be all, all in yeah i got you it's all in the head yeah. say you want to pump than... the grave of my ancestors or go get taco bell anyway um possibly both either he said he time. wants a root beer float or he said go down the throat <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Finding Nemo. Rep. Oh, I, I can't wait till we hit that Deep Space Nine episode. I don't know if you'll know which one I'm talking about. Uh, just off of that, but the translation error. Oh, that would be fun. I mean, I, where I, now I guess we'll have to see it. Sorry, the first one that came to mind when it came to bad DS Nine was uh, Alamareg Cal Two Full. Oh no 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 no! I, this was put Phaser in mouth and set to kill. No no no! This is a good episode, but it's Dax oh. Ghost. Well, they will either suffer horribly or eat fruit. I'm not sure what this <laughs> ideogram means. That's right. Oh, man. I'm so excited for, for September 6th. That reminds me of the Rick and Morty episode where the alien asks to be, like, killed by a great warrior. And he goes, like, well, what if that isn't death? And then you see the alien die, and he's like, wait, it was all real? That's so strange. I, I blame you, kid. You're the only one. Oh, man, that's so messed up. Back when it was actually funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, Terminalist uh, is is an, is an example, though, of it gives me, it, it, it. I feel a bit more vindicated. Because here's the thing, guys. Those who follow the rules will attain the status quo. Those who decide to find their own rules or or just, you know, go it their own way, they're the ones who, who make it in life. Now, I don't care if I'm forgotten after, like, ten years after I die. I don't give a shit about being remembered or whatnot. I mean, my book is here forever, but I'm not obsessed with the whole remember me culture and, oh, look how many followers I have. I, I, I Now, don't get me wrong, people watching and listening. I'm glad you guys are here. And I hope that we can make it a point to always remember who was here at the beginning. And, and you guys will always, by default, kind of have that that special nod. We'll see your names in the chat. We'll always try to remember whether or not you give us $1 in the future or a billion dollars. It It's because you guys not are even here. dollars. The fact that you guys keep showing up, being yes, here. exactly. Physical that's, that's, support, to me, that means the world. Absolutely. I mean, last week we had someone say they love this podcast. That was it. it Actually, we had two people say that. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that we would have. We had a little bit of a dance party after that one, just because it was so exciting. It, it, and that's what. And that's just it. We'd love to, you know, we, we're gonna go where this ship takes us at this point. But we want to make it a point to remember you guys because without you guys at the foundation, at the beginning, in 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 the in the alpha phase, as we've joked with Gangles about, um, you guys are here, and we want to make sure that that we always. Keep, keep you guys here and that, that we we do our best to deliver a product even if it's just for you now and, and so uh, and not to mention like the biggest thing that to me that really matters is if you guys are here with us now if we ever get too hoity-toity if we ever start changing you're the ones that can call us out and go be like hey no you guys changed at episode x and, yeah. and that's a number that we can actually yeah. go back and look at and that's and why I'm gonna, I want you to stay with us. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna say this too. Um, we picked this medium to kind of tell our story, right? Through what mm -hmm. we're doing here. I 100% encourage anybody who's listening to this, guys. Please, we want to hear your story too. Absolutely. Okay? We we 100% 
want to be that that group of guys that gets to critique um, and sit down and say, hey, this really worked in your story. Um, we want to be those guys too. So please, you know, if we're doing anything, we want to encourage you yep. guys to tell your own stories, to think about the stuff we say, and maybe give that, you know, what we say, give you an idea to do something great. We would love it if uh, what yep. we did encouraged you guys to greatness. EJ, and if we happen to make a buck along the way, that would be awesome too. Yeah. PJ, I want to read your theses on psychology so I can tell you why you're wrong. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I want to, I just, I want, you know, Maria, if you're still there, I want to see what ideas you've had. You know, we're here to have discussions, not just, not just always listen to us talk. It's not some. It's not just about discussions or talking. To to me personally, the the thing about this media, entertainment media, is like look at what we've learned from the Art of War, look at what we've learned from the DSM five, look at what we've learned from words written on a page, scenes in movies. Like like, if anything else, we can learn how not to interact. We can learn how not to act. Like, like when you see your least favorite character do everything wrong and the main character still loves that character, that's a sign to you that you can still love the guy that everybody hates. That That's a sign that like, it's bigger than anything to just learn from, learn from what's being produced. Cause these writers, whether they're writing fact or fiction, they're writing experience and you don't have to go to Mordor to learn that sometimes you can suffer the entire journey, make the wrong decision at the end, but because you brought your best friend, he can save you from hell. Like, like if anything else you get from Lord of the Rings, it's that friendship can conquer every evil. And, and that has nothing to do with dragons. That has nothing to do with a magical ring. That has nothing to do with sword fights. That has to do with sticking by somebody while they're on their journey. And when you watch them fall, you pick them up. And when they tell you to leave, you go back for them. That's a real fact that you can take from a completely mythological story. And, and and that to me is like why I why I truly love this channel is it's my chance to to like in pray there were great aspects of being a warrior. Those aspects exist forever, not in every medium. Yeah. Like, very rarely are you going to need a bow or a hatchet with a string. But you know, you're always going to need to know that if you feel you're right, you fight until you can prove that you were right and, and that's important especially in this day and age when there's so many people telling you what right is and none of them match like we can look to fiction to find our truest understanding of what it means to be a hero because in reality so many of our heroes keep proving that they're not heroic so many of our leaders suck at leadership but in fiction they nail it every time well, the ones and that's to how you learn to be the best leader is by following somebody that actually does it every time and yeah they may have done it while fighting a dragon but they did it 
and that's the most well, important part. There's there's a there's a scene in, in Fellowship of the Ring that always that nowadays especially gets me choked up. When I was a kid, I didn't quite understand, but now as an adult, having gone through some shit, um, it's the scene where where Frodo's like, "I wish the ring had never come to me." Gandalf's like, "So do all of you see such time." And that scene is just so timeless because it's true for for just about any circumstance, any hardship you're going through. It's like, I don't want to deal with this shit. Well, of course not. Nobody actually wants to go through pain. However, as Kirk pointed out in Star Trek V, of all movies, uh, which is still dialogue-wise, I still think V is good. Execution. (laughs) Um, Kirk says, no, I don't want you to take away my pain. I need my pain. It helps me define who I am, helps me understand. And I think that's an important lesson because as much as pain in life sucks, it's not like it's a pure negative force that does nothing for you. In the end, pain and trial can build you into something you didn't even think you were capable of becoming. So, mm-hmm. all right, coming one down. Of the, a, what? One of the most important lines in any of the written work for, for Wicca is, to learn, you must suffer. And that really boils it down. Because, I mean, let's be honest. How many important life lessons have you ever learned from sitting comfortably on your couch? Oh, quite a few nowadays because we can watch these movies. Vicariously, <laughs> there are and that, some. That's what I mean. I think uh, from Buddhism, it's one of the four principles. Suffering is. It, it, it's going to happen whether you're suffering on your couch that isn't comfortable enough to make you not suffer, whether your TV isn't good enough for 4K. That, those aren't obviously like the hardest sufferings, but to suffer is to tell you what better looks like. When you, when you suffer, you know what you actually want. How can you know what you want if you always get it? That's it. Yeah. And if you're, if you're All a right. seeks existence is... All right, coming down to the last... Uh, to the last... Or disabled. Uh, 10, 10 minutes here. Uh, final thoughts regarding list episode three. I need to see episode four. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna go watch it tonight. Um, I actually I might wait. But uh, yeah, no, I, I give. Uh, I, I I gotta give. It's it's hard for me to give the ratings with the book knowledge because it's like I don't. I wouldn't give ratings until the end. I I think giving yeah, ratings think based so. on episodes is it's like trying to judge family guy based on its episodes i think that's perfectly fair oh it does to me there's good episodes of family guy and then there's garbage um i'm not taking that comment back uh uh, and so far and i think it is important because some episodes some shows especially long-running ones like we're gonna do it with ds9 we're gonna rate each episode yeah so but but that's a show that has like in this instance it doesn't make any sense because the continuity makes the other episodes better like as we get through the season the other episodes suddenly all make sense like everything you complained about in episode one and two i was like just wait i'll you give you're gonna find that with deep space nine as well actually yeah so. i'll give it time but at the same time you know there's sometimes you gotta call out you gotta call a turd a turd but i i don't and that's just it that's my point so far episode one through three no turds so i'll you know yeah i'll i'll say that right now i'll, I'll do it like this we'll have a fluid rating system or not rating for, for this show so it'll change so right now the show is still riding after this week a six out of seven for me um, it's it's just got some some things that it misses, I think, and some things that it kind of overlooks in the sequence. But overall, 
guys, you got to watch this show. It's good. Um, and please really join us every week. Next week we got, uh, yeah. So next week we got uh, episode four of uh, Terminalist, and we're also gonna do Predator. I think we're all in agreement that I need to see it, yes. and we should talk about it. Apparently, it's a classic. So we you you get need to worship at, you need to worship at the altar of Arnold. <laughs> well, I've done that. Uh, Jingle All the Way is a great movie. Yeah, guess what I got planned for the Christmas Grinch special. That's one of them. Uh, Dude, this is like the the episode. This is 100% the episode you were trying to get me to pull out the voodoo doll on, isn't it? Uh, This is 100% that. Careful what you wish for, Corio. (laughs) Remember, I'm rubber, you're glue. What you try to pass on to me will stick on to you. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and if we're both rubber, then we're going to be like a ping pong table. Um. All right. So, uh, shout outs. I'm going to go ahead and do my plugs first. I'd first like to do plug uh, Super Gamecraft is a soft R community for gaming, uh, mostly MMOs. They're mostly focused on becoming an MMO channel. That is not what I copied. Computer. Nice try. Um. Please check them out. They also do have a YouTube as well. They actually uh, uh, are working on posting. So I've actually, the reason I'm plugging them is because I play Grand Theft Auto with them every Monday right now. We're doing all the heists. Um, They're working on doing some clip videos of those and it's really entertaining. Actually, just I previewed one recently. A lot of funny shenanigans. We just have a good time. You know, we play the games, try to play seriously, but it's it's not just playing the games that we do. We we have conversations. We have laughs. We have gags. we, We just... It's unscripted, unfiltered, uncensored fun. Um, so, yeah, if you want to see us, you know, make idiots of ourselves and grant that thought, please. Also would like to give a shout out to Gangles. And uh, I think we established he's a guy. If not, please come correct me. Um, Gangles does a lot of Halo. Loves Halo. Halo's the reason that he found us. But unfortunately for me, I, I'm kind of taking a break from Halo for now. At least until co-op comes out. Real excited for co-op, but... He were sticking with Warzone. However, I'm not the only one who plays or doesn't play Halo. I know a lot of our viewers here probably consider the playing Halo. And if you want to watch him play Halo and suffer through Halo, please check him out. Twitch.tv slash Gangles. Um, and those are going to be my two plugs. For you. Oh, gentlemen, what else do we have? John, you want to go? go? Are you sure? Oh, no, I'll go, I'll go last. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, um, I think I'm going to plug the, um, the next, uh, instance of, uh, the transmissions from the rogue council. Uh, I think we're going to cover area 51 and all the secret. Yeah, it is this (laughs) week and all the secret craziness going on there from planes we've never heard of to, um, all the, the really, really odd conspiracy theory stuff to what I've even seen in remote viewing, so come check it out. But remember, the episodes only last 72 hours, and then they disappear back into the shadows from whence they came. And there's no recap, because I don't have time. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> we'll give it eventually, we'll probably, I'll probably end up just throwing clips from all the episodes on, maybe do it a monthly, I don't know. Yeah, sounds good. I'll get it figured out. But yes, I, I do enjoy that. See, and I really like that you've given us that opportunity because I love talking that fringe stuff. That's good stuff. John, go ahead. Yeah. 
Alright, I'm gonna pitch the three things that I love this week. Uh, I just finished this episode of Lex Friedman and Duncan Trussell podcast. I thought it was so awesome. It deserves a shout out. So much fun to watch. Uh, next shout out is my favorite YouTube similar to ours. Uh, it's the Night's Watch. They do a lot of discussion on, on the media they care about. Mostly things like, uh, I think they're talking about uh, She-Hulk. They did Wheel of Time. They do a lot of discussions on uh, the new uh, Game of Thrones and the new Lord of the Rings that's coming out on Amazon. Wait a minute. I love their the, content. That guy's the host of Trek Yards. Which one is? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name, but I follow him on Which Twitter as well. You... Uh, it's, uh, oh, it's whatever video. I, I don't know. The guy's sitting the in the center watching? on their first episode. Yeah, I think that's, uh, if they do it, yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That is. That, am I right, Corion? That's the Trek Trek I think, guy. I think it is. Yeah. Cool. He also has another one, um, Shadowversity, where he talks all about medieval lore. So phenomenal. Um, Night's Watch, my favorite. Like it literally is us doing different stuff than we're doing. So it's super shout out to oh, them. And then my all time uh... favorite game review group, Game Ranks TV. They. They know what they're talking about. I've never once watched one of their Before You Buy videos and been disappointed if I decided to buy the game afterwards. So I want to promote that kind of stuff. Like the stuff that actually works for me, the stuff that actually matters to me, uh, these are what I love. Right on, right on. So uh, yeah, I think we've got, uh, oh, let's see. Down to the uh, again guys thank you so much um, it, it does help us if you can continue to spread the word and we appreciate it, even you guys just showing up to watch us in the first please don't think that we aren't grateful at all for what you guys do um, you know if we could stay modestly small sized for a while and have personal discussion I mean like I said I want to make it a point that regardless of how far we go and still try to keep the discussion personal with founding men um, so yes and even new members like when we talk about founding members and we talk about anybody that supports us like your support matters so much that we'll take the time to bring you up we'll take the time to bring you with us like if you're here in the beginning we love you if you're here tomorrow we love you you're awesome you matter to us at every step of the way mm -hmm. yep so yep. uh yeah, I think with that so. lovely, uh, lovely point there, um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for for showing up. And uh, you know, we're here every Tuesday. Uh, rain, shine, nuclear fallout, alien abduction. We are here, so uh, you know, feel free to join us live. The chat room is lively. We get all kinds of interesting discussions going, and uh, we'd love for you guys to participate in it. Yep. So. That we've managed to cover everything we need to cover and I'm Petey York with the Ryder Brothers thanks for tuning in, we'll see you next week Good night,